PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. What up? It's episode 335 of Cinema Crespo. So, Drew Stockburn, how you doing? Chris Crespo, I am here chilling with you once again. Are you the Patreon oh, troll? No. Are you the Patreon troll? Is it you? No. It sounds a lot very familiar. I would, Chris, I would not debase myself. You wouldn't? That low. There is now to a, become the Patreon There's troll. now a subreddit thread dedicated to finding out the identity of the Patreon troll. I highly doubt that. Well, you know what? Google it. Google it. Drew and find out. No, actually, don't don't do that. Stop, <laughs> stop googling. No, pull up other things. We need other information. Okay. Uh, Drew, it's thunder and lightning outside. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm really glad I brought my raincoat. Good thing bringing the raincoat. I'm I'm glad we have we're on a power strip here. At the very least, we have battery backup. But uh, you think we're gonna make it for the next uh, 45 minute chunk? Uh, power power flicker free. I mean, that all depends on how strong this thunderstorm is. Impeccable. Very dramatic, this guy over yeah. here. That's, Mother Nature just can't get any better timing. <laughs> that goddamn God wants his uh, presence known. You're not getting your sag cut, you son of a bitch. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, our returning guest here with us, uh, host of the major scale, uh, as well as uh, doing other things around town always. It is Kyle Eagle. Yeah, buddy. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. Good to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. You got here before the rain hits. Yeah, I think last time I was here, it was before the rain hits, too, I think. You know, it was probably, it's probably because it's been about a year, yeah. and so it's a summer. It, it, it yeah. is the summertime, summertime, it's rainy season, I think so. I, I think I just got you on a summer cycle here. Maybe we'll, we'll mm-hmm. switch it up. I'll get you in the autumn. It'll be a little cooler. We can have yeah, I think last time I came, I had a shirt, sweat-soaked sweat shirt as well. And last time you came was when uh, Burt Reynolds had passed. He had oh, just yeah. passed. Oh, yeah. And uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had not yet gone into production, because that was going to be his next movie. Oh, yeah. uh, Bruce Dern has this role as the guy who uh, owns the property that the Mansons hold up at uh, the Manson family. Oh, wow. um, and uh, Reynolds was super excited to, to do the movie and apparently uh, he was running lines with his assistant when he was like I, I, I'm going to go use the bathroom and he went there had a heart attack died. Oh, dun, wow. dun, 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 dun. is that crazy? So like Lenny Bruce and Elvis Presley, he died in the bathroom. Yes, yeah. all the greats die in bathrooms. That's why I spend as much time as I can in the bathroom because wow. I like I want to make sure I go out. Because you want you want to die like your I already heroes. I already missed the age. Of, I couldn't die at the age of twenty seven. I missed that nope. mark. Right, so I couldn't join that club. I missed thirty three. You never got into hardcore drugs, so you couldn't do the whole overdose thing. Right, I couldn't make myself overdose. I had to find other ways to mm-hmm. die tragically. Couldn't do it in time, so I missed twenty seven. I missed thirty three. Those are the good years of die. Now I'm stuck with the. I got to figure out other things. Dying on bathroom. On the toilet, in the tub. Toilet is Elvis. Tub is Hendrix uh, Morrison. Who else died in the tub? Did Marilyn Monroe? No, she died in bed, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Surratt died in the tub. That's a painting where the guy got stabbed. Yeah, see? I don't want to get stabbed. Oh, no. my God. No, please don't. Do, do you read in the bathroom? Uh... No, just my phone. I play uh, Scrabble against the computer on my phone. That's a, that's a clip of reading. I'm looking at tiles and trying to put together words. Drew, is that reading Scrabble? 
Yeah, uh, I, so. I mean, kind of, yeah. depending. Yeah, I read in the bathroom, like, uh, shamelessly. Oh, I mean, old school, I mean, obviously used to have magazine racks in the bathroom, yeah. you know, which now I look back, I'm like, oh, doo-doo, doo-doo pages. But, yeah, but now there's just doo-doo all over your phone. No, no, I wipe my phone down every time I, sh- I rinse it off, and then for some reason they, it breaks everything. Well, that's why they have toilet paper. That's also why they have toilet paper. You know, I put paper, the so book down yeah. before I finish my business. No, 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 I, used the, I was you using know. the pages of the page, the page I had finished reading. That's the one I used to wipe. That's how I say so you, were wiping, oh, you wow. were wiping your butt with your phone, is what you're saying. Oh no, this is pre-phone when I was so, magazine. Would you memorize what you'd read? Yes, all the information's in my brain, yeah, baby. That's good, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's like some Fahrenheit four five one. Exactly. That's what like, makes me a good trivia host. I just yeah, have information. Yeah. Like Al Trebek, he doesn't have any phone in front of him. He just knows it off the top of his brain. Well, you yeah. know, with Father's Day coming up, I would like to acknowledge my father for passing on the habit. Of reading. Of the bathroom read? Yes. My yeah. father would read encyclopedias, and I would pick them up after he was done. And so, Father, I love you, and thank hey, you for that good habit. that's awesome. Thanks, yeah. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my dad was a reader, I gotta say. Uh, he had not so much lately. Now it's a lot of uh, spider solitaire and occasional Sudoku puzzles. Mm-hmm. But he did read a lot of, like, uh, like James Patterson and an easy airport reads. You know, my dad loved that shit, too. But still, he would read a lot mm-hmm. of it. So I see him reading. Oh, I want to read, too. So yeah. I'll be reading a lot. Yeah, reading's a good thing to do. It's fundamental. I am currently finishing up. I'm more than halfway through. I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. City of Thieves. I couldn't get much reading done this week. David Benioff, who wrote The 25th Hour. Then he wrote this book, City of Thieves, and then him and uh, this other Dan Weiss guy did Game of Thrones. So he's uh, one half of the Game of Thrones, dude. And it's a really good book. I'm really enjoying it. Um, very excited about what I'm going to read next. We'll see. Uh, okay, we have some stuff to talk about. And then, Kyle, we're going to catch up with you. Okay. What stuff you got going on second half? I want to talk major scale. I want to talk uh, uh, film series. Was it more Q than A? Yeah, coming back. I want to talk about more Q than A. Uh, so we'll do all that in the second half. But first, Drewster Cogburn, it is time for our review of Dark Phoenix. Hit that theme music. Man, I don't, his improv I'm, skills are on point, Kyle. Got nothing. So good. <laughs> uh, we saw Dark Phoenix. I'll insert something later. How's the theme music go? There is no theme. Theme music on the Dark Phoenix. It was very much... We're going to do it together? Yeah. It was Hans Zimmer. So a lot of drums. You've heard one Hans Zimmer score, you've heard them all. Sadly, it sort of is that way. They're all good, but they're also like, it's Hans Zimmer. So we saw Dark Phoenix in a theater. Jurassic Hogwarts. Chris Crespo. We did our full spoiler-filled review. It's available at patreon.com. Correct. So here's our spoiler-free review. What did you think? I agree. It's act like we didn't just spend 45 minutes talking about it. What did you think? I agree with Rotten Tomatoes. What does Rotten Tomatoes say? 22%. I got a coño. What is the consensus, though? Oh, I mean, that's, that's low. Thing. That is low, low, low. At 22%, that is the lowest Rotten Tomato score of all of the X-Men movies, yeah. which includes X-Men Origins Wolverine and X-Men The Last Stand, which are considered like were considered the two worst. Oh, this one is kind of considered the worst. Uh, yeah, Dark Phoenix ends an era of the X-Men franchise by taking a second stab and adapting a classic comic arc with deeply disappointing results. Aww. You know, here's my thing with some of these X-Men movies. Yeah. Like, you know, when you get a pizza, oh, it burns my mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, you ate it too fast. Take slow, a moment. Say it, slow down, yeah, relax. Slow down. People, let, them, let them breathe. That, that's, that's one thing. That um, yeah, They've been cracking these things out for 
a decade now. It I, worked for Mad Max. 30-year gap. Came oh, back. Yeah. Oh. So satisfying. Oh. Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. yeah, same thing. What's the one that has the biggest gap? Um, from The Hustler to Color of Money? <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> of course, says he's like, I love this movie. When, when was it called? Hustler was maybe 40s? No, fifties, early 60s. Early 60s? Yeah. So it was about a 20-year gap uh, because Color of Money is like 85. Yeah. Hey, Color of Money is not a bad movie. Oh, I love Color of Money. Yeah, so very good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, those big gaps are fun, but they can also be... Detrimental. Detrimental. I or mean, they could... I mean, Tron Legacy. We'll find out soon enough with Avatar. Avatar 2, how many years 11, too it'll, late? It'll be 11, 12 years later when Avatar comes out. Hopefully they've written a good script. I don't know. They worked very hard on, on the script. Uh, they spent... Two two of those years were at least spent working on the the screenplays. So, well, the comic book the comic book series, I think Netflix has proven if you serialize them on Netflix, yeah. or Hulu, you get a better product. Serialized seems to be better, right? I, you know, uh, uh, Iron Fist is incredible. You like the Iron Fist? The story and the acting is, is impeccable. It got canceled after well, I guess they all got canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Happy? Seasons. Yes. No, but he's a big fan of Happy. Oh, the first man. season, fucking. Bonkers. Yeah, That's happy. Christopher Maloney's masterpiece. <laughs> yes, it really is. I mean, he is now mm. always been a solid actor. It's, now he's in a category of like, but the now, greats. But, mm. but it's great because it's like a mixture of his character from uh, What Had American Summer mm-hmm. and his character from Law and Order SVU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I think the new season is off the comic. It's not the yeah. Well, because the comic's a standalone graphic novel. It's just the first season is that story. Oh, and, they, so, and then they ran out of story, so they did yeah. their own season for season. And it's two. incredible. I and mean, then they, and then it just got canceled. They're so they're did. done with it. But it happy may, did yes yeah. happy after season two it got canceled yeah. yes uh, but it may get picked up by Netflix for a third and final season because they already have the rights to uh, show it anyway. And Netflix is just throwing money. I think that's good, man. Anne Margaret made a, a strong return in it. Uh, Anne Margaret's in it. Yeah, Curtis Armstrong. It, Really? He oh dude. Well, Curtis Armstrong. I've always thought he was a good character actor, but he just mm. delivers hard. Every everyone in that show is like operating on like. Well, Drew uh, has been talking it up for time. a while now, yeah. so I, I definitely really got it. Man, that list of things we got to watch. Is so I know long. it just keeps growing. And, and instead growing of watching growing. those things, we go to the theater and we see Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Pause. If we're gonna hate on it, we got to see what we're hating on. And speaking of like giving things time to breathe. I want to wait a while before I say definitively whether is this the worst X Men movie or is it worse than Last Stand? Or I mean, worse... I would say it's on par with Last Stand, where X Men Apocalypse, Last Stand, where like, Wolverine, where once again the they they tried another one of these seminal moments in you know comic book franchise yeah. history and yeah, yeah. managed to fuck it up like they always do. Man, it's crazy. They have like a fifty percent hit rate with these X Men movies. I think. Yeah, some of them are good. Some of them are good, but this like, one is not. Some of them, uh, a lot of them have parts that are good. Yes. Like, if you take them all this together, you, you, you can make, like... I enjoyed Magneto in in this movie. I'm what's, You just like Michael Fassbender. I just like Michael Fassbender, though. He's really good. No, and I've always liked the character of Magneto, and they've always been I think they did good. with great character, with I, great actors. Yeah, I think so. they did a good job with... Uh, they've always done a good job with the character. His uh, setting is strange, but yeah. he's... But we talked about that already in the other episode. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's disappointing. It's a disappointing movie. It also costs two hundred million dollars, which is ridiculous. That's an insane they, amount. They of wasted money. so much money. If you can crank out Deadpool for what? How much was it? Fifty million. Fifty. The first one was like forty-five. The second one was like seventy. If you can, uh, yeah. I, I just don't get some of these balloons. Well, I, I know why the cost balloon. It's yeah, salaries. CG. Salaries. Well, that in CG. They, they the the, the second story. one was a lot more. I mean, home. Uh, 
Josh Brolin's Josh whole Brolin. arm was CG the entire movie. Yeah, he was so. he was part of a CG character. No, See, with no. this, can't you just animate these things? I mean, you know, the comic books are already pretty badass to begin with. Uh, I mean, I DC I has a good animated division, but none of that stuff comes out theatrically. You still, no. which, we, Drew and I were talking about this off mic recently, how animated movies still don't get the respect they deserve from adults. Where they see an animated film, they just oh, this cartoon. Is a, it's a cartoon. It gets, it gets dismissed, you know. But then, yeah. when you're open to that style, then you can get something like Into the Spider Verse, which yeah. is like a very yeah. cool, fun, daring, different movie that you probably couldn't do if it wasn't animated. Yeah. But it's true, you know. I I will always argue that Star Trek the animated series mm-hmm. is canon. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. Why not? It, have you ever seen it? No, no. I'm not. A, I was never a Star Trek fan. I didn't even know it existed. There, it's early '70s. It's really good. Yeah, uh, Leonard Nimoy's pretty much the I think kind of the heart and soul a lot behind the oh, that makes sense about well how it came together but it's a I always thought it was good the animation is not high tech but it looks good But because it's that uh, Hanna-Barbera style kind of uh, simple we can crank it out pretty fast yeah animation. I mean it, it does have its it does look it's, it's a filmation but I forget the guy did the score for it the soundtrack is really good oh yeah the incidental score is really really good what, those cartoons all the way up to I mean even now the animated films and cartoons and shows uh, work best when the the music is on point, the Batman animated series of the '90s has like, some of the best music ever, like a yeah. uh, score and it's very orchestral. Yes, oh, but it's so so thrilling and exciting. Didn't Mark Hamill do a lion share of the voices on that? On that, he did the, he Joker, did the Joker minimum. Joker. He was at least the Joker, yeah. And he is now um, the voice of Chucky in the new Lion Cinema Child's Play. Nice. I always like the Chucky movies. Yeah, but it's Those a weird are smart th- horror movies. But it's weird how it's. Uh, we talked about this on the show. How this one that's coming out this summer, where the doll is designed a little differently. They have like it's a different set of rights to the Child's Play movie, but they don't necessarily have the rights to like Chucky in a way. Oh, wow. uh, and there's a Chucky TV show being developed right now for the Sci-Fi Channel by. But- Don Mancini, who created the goddamn original thing, so he's all pissed off at the New Line people because he's like, "You gonna make a bad Chucky movie and fuck up my shit?" It's a weird, it's a weird kerfuffle. I like to see a Chucky talk show where he's just sitting down like a crypt keeper style talking to. <laughs> That'd them. be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Yeah, that, that sounds like a like, space ghost. Like ghost like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe the contestant dies that, or the uh, guest dies or that, that, is stabbed. That, or... I, mean, I mean, yeah. At the end of every interview, the guest dies in some oh. way, and it's an honor if Chucky actually does it by his own hand. Yeah, but he would rage Chucky enough to. Yeah, not have Ed McMahon kill you. <laughs> yes, uh, the crypt keeper comes over. Crypt keeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, like he's the... behind the, the organ. He's like the Paul Schaefer <laughs> of there, the Kevin Eubanks. He laughs at the, all his jokes. <laughs> Oh yeah, Doc Severance. Don't forget him. I would watch that show. That'd be yeah, good. Man, that does remind me. God, you know, Space Ghost Coast Coast. Uh, you better. Of course, this idea is patented, right, Chris? Oh yeah, no, we of have. Course, we, yeah. We're, we're going to cut this episode, part of the episode out. We'll put it in an envelope, mail, mail it to myself. myself yeah, because we'll that's the way that works. Yeah, that's how that. That's hey, that does all that works. does hold up in court. Yes, I mean, I'm a, I work in a law firm, so I that know. does hold up. I'm, I'm surrounded by lawyers. That stuff, it's like osmosis. It seeps into my yeah. brain. Uh, unfortunately, good filmmaking doesn't seep into the brain for uh, the people working on X-Men. Because Ooh. I swear, the per- guy who directed this movie, at this first film directing, going to be his last film directing. That's oh, yeah. For sure. He's a producer who's been on all the movies since the very first one. But because of the Brian Singer fallout, oh, wow. he directed the last two X-Men movies, so he wasn't about to direct this new one. And they're even putting out stories about how actors and actresses didn't want to come back Anyway, on an X-Men movie where Brian Singer was involved. Yeah. Uh, so Simon Kinberg was some sort of savior, in a way, uh, to step in as a director. Even uh, though no, not, probably a better person, nowhere near his talent. Oh, no, the talent was missing there. And it's uh, just not that great storytelling. And this is a bummer. 
it's a bummer. It's a waste. It's a waste of money and ideas. And and but what we did get out of it is Drew and I saw it, and then we did a spoiler-filled bonus episode, forty-five minutes long. Patreon.com/slash Crestwoodyso. And I got to hate on it. And we hated <laughs> on it proper in detail for minutes and minutes on end. So there you go. That's your. Uh, that's your Dark Phoenix review. Uh, let's do what you're watching. Drew, I'll just start this one off. What you're watching, buddy. Uh, so I finished Good Omens. You finished Good Omens? Yeah. Have you even started Good Omens? You finished it? Finished it. This guy over here with the time. Uh, Had some time. How many episodes? Sleeping well. Oh, okay. So. Like, I'm sorry. How many episodes? Uh, like six or eight, something like that. So not very long yeah. anyway. I mean, they're like an hour piece. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Recommend? Yes, oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. Yeah, they did. They I, I, with I, it? I mean, if... I'm a, if you haven't read the book, I, I would recommend reading the book because obviously the book's better. Yeah, um, but I mean, well, then maybe I should just watch the show first. This is for people who have read the book. Yeah. Watch the show first, enjoy the show for what it is, yeah. and then if you're into it, then read the book. Correct. Instead of spoiling the show for yourself, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. So you think you're happy with it? You think I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. David Tennant does a great job. But you're not uh, over the moon for it. You're not crazy for it. Though. No, well, I'm... I don't, I'm not sensing I find, all this like, urgency off you for find, people to I enjoy it. Neil Gaiman's writing more than I enjoy the other work that his stuff gets turned into. Okay. Okay. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. No. Not dark enough. No. Too light I think I said that before. I think you said that last week. Yeah. Not dark enough. Exactly. Show bore out to be not... Well, it's only the first season. Yeah. Right? There's no more going no. on. No, it's done. Oh, it's done? Yeah. Mini series? Yeah. Limited series? Yeah. Single series? Yeah. One and done? Mm-hmm. Bop. Told the story. Boom, bop, The story's over. Okay. Okay. There's no good omens, too. So you recommend? Yes. Recommend. That's getting on the recommend pile. What else are you watching? Uh, I started watching The Night Manager Ooh. on Amazon Prime. Yes. And? It's pretty mediocre. Oh, isn't that the... Tom Hiddleston, yeah, and the Jean Le Car yeah. six episode, uh-huh. um, yeah, like you said, House Sue Laurie, yeah, yeah, that was a few came out a few years ago. No, yep. not good, mm, very mediocre. Man, I like Jean Le Car type of you know Tinker Tailor Soldier or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. No, it's just not, not into it. Not really into it. Yeah, I've watched like three episodes. Didn't really. Not gonna keep going. Nope, Damn, don't I, think so. I hate how that happens. That's like when I was watching this show, The Terror, on AMC, I think. And it's currently available on Hulu. I may go back and revisit it, but it's okay. about a colonial-ish era, maybe 1800s. Uh, a boat full of uh, Englishmen, maybe. All my details are now sketchy. They uh, they are stuck in like the snow. They went the wrong way in the oh. Atlantic, and they're they, and they thought maybe they could get through this patch of water. And they can't. Uh, they're like, look, it's still early enough in the season. It's not going to be frozen over. We can get through, and they get stuck <laughs> in the ice in the iced up uh, sea. And they're like, fuck, what are we going to do? They're running out of food. They're gonna die, and you know what else is running out of food? The polar bears that are in the shadows that are yes. like coming out and killing them. But uh, there's also like an Inuit uh, person that they come across who's like uh, like curses them because I guess they killed their they killed them or something. So they curse them with the uh, ancient Inuit curse of uh, you know Arctic voodoo magic, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the polar bears like coming to kill them. And it, it sounds exciting and cool, and the, the atmosphere is good. But for some reason, I just couldn't like really get. It wasn't pulling me in. It wasn't sucking me in like I wanted it to. And then I, I just fell out after a few episodes. So, But it's out there. The terror that's available. I think you should also patent Arctic Voodoo Terror. Arctic Voodoo Terror. Yeah. That'd I be think, fun, right? Yeah, that write that down. That's a good one. Kind of like, I like a little Caribbean African voodooism in yes. the Arctic. I like that. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. like, what if they did that uh, Baron Mordo, uh, uh, James Bond movie? Uh, which one was that one? Octopussy? Was that the one oh, in New yeah. Orleans? Uh, what if they did that James Bond movie, but it was uh, uh, Frozen. Frozen 3, James Bond versus 
Voodoo. Uh, Drew, anything else you watching? Uh, and what I I watched the new season of Black Mirror. All three episodes. All three of them. Three of them. Yeah. I've only seen one. You watched the Black Mirror stuff? Yeah, style? that's a season. It's three episodes. Yeah, the new the new season. It's UK just style. Three episodes. That's yeah. called a mini series. Yeah, I thought. that's what a that's a mini series. That's a mini season. Is yeah, what it's it a is. Mini series. Uh, but wasn't also the Christmas episodes? Didn't they do that too? Like one or two. They, at a they time? did one. Just one Christmas yeah, thing. The, the quote-unquote Christmas episode. So the Black yeah. Mirror stuff, they just put together whatever they can. It's just an anthology series. They just keep it going whenever they got the chance, I guess. Okay. I, yeah, exactly. And it's the same guy behind the original one, so it's not like uh, yeah. they're just letting him do it at his pace, I guess. That's it, good. Each one's an hour, right, Drew? Yes. Because I've only, I've only seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all about the same. Again, uh, going back to that timing, taking your time, making something good. Exactly. Right. Don't don't rush it. That's why HBO is like, we apologize for season two of True Detective. We rushed this dude to hit a deadline we fucked up that was after the season came out that's like people don't normally do that um, that, that would have worked for Twin Peaks ABC got all up in right, they, they, they they're like make the reveal make the reveal happen so six episodes into like a 20 episode season they reveal who the murderer is and it's like ah and then they're floundering for like five six episodes they don't know what to do yeah, yeah because ABC stepped in and fucked it up meanwhile on FX the president over there he was like he won season three of Atlanta but Donald Glover is like, I ain't, I ain't ready for it yet. And then he's like, all right, fine. You let me know when you're ready to do season three, and we'll do it. Because he doesn't want to push him to uh, put out something he's not comfortable with or not happy with. You know? It seems that, you know, throughout history, the suits are always the ones that do stupid things. Like, yes, it seems that way. They, do, they screw up movies, screw up, like, uh, was it uh, Pink Lady and Jeff, which is one of the most floundering shows that... Fred Silverman's like, this is going to be a hit. And it was one of the worst shows ever. Pink Lady and Jeff. Oh, you got to look that up. Was that a precursor to Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place? <laughs> no, if you watch this show, you think, oh, this must be one of Andy Kaufman's specials. No. Oh, really? Is that wonky? That, that's where Andy Kaufman gets his ideas from, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, how, how, you know, but it seems like in television, it seems like the suits are starting to kind of Pink listen. Pink Lady and yeah. Jeff? Oh, and they're letting the, the talent actually create. Do things and get that. Well, there's no. Yeah, if you have like a good product coming out, sure that makes fiscal sense. Yeah, but if you have one good product and a whole bunch of cruddy ones, yes, that makes no sense. It's not going to work. That's the, that's the Netflix model of like for every yeah. uh, good show they're putting out, here's ten bad ones that you have to. Work for, for every good documentary they put out, fucking ten bad dramas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. or you know, yes, like, exactly. it's always in Philadelphia. The last couple of seasons have been like, you know, where are you guys going? Is the steam running out of this? You know, uh, aren't they on like season seventeen or eighteen? I thought they're done, aren't they? Of, what? Of, it's always sunny. I because I, I was I, always surprised. I, I never watched. I think it's still oh. going. Because I, I was I always so going. shocked at how they were able to con- keep the pace and the quality of the comedy and the writing for such a long time. And but I think now that they're all starting to do their own projects, and they have less time to work on the yeah. show and work together and to yeah. dedicate to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It gets on the back burner because they become excited about other things. I know exactly how that goes. Yeah, or at least you know. they should take a break and come back. You would think so. At least take a break. But then... Like Curb Your Enthusiasm took a break and came back. That's right. They are coming back. Uh, talk about how Deadwood coming back for that final uh, TV movie was fantastic. Yeah, I talked about awesome. that last week. Um, now, I didn't see episodes two and three, but I did see episode one of... Striking Vipers. Striking Vipers. Uh, this is. I think we can say what the setup is without really spoiling anything. I mean, v- VR video games. V- VR video games, two bros, two old best friends who haven't talked very much. Uh, mm-hmm. They get into playing a VR video game. It's, which is the updated version of the game they played when they were in, like, in their 20s. When they were younger. And it's just a fighting game, Tekken style, Soul Calibur, Street Fighter, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Two characters fight on a screen. But because it's VR, they're like, oh man, I'm in the character, I can feel the character, etc., etc. 
and then within it's like an hour long. Yeah. And then within the first ten minutes of the show of the episode, <laughs> maybe fifteen. Him and his bro, they're fighting. Uh, he picks Lance, you know, guys like a Ryu equivalent, yeah. and then his friend, bro, friend picks uh, Roxette, the same girl he picked when they were when they were back younger, the day, yeah. and she's the uh, like the Chun Li type character, and yep. they're fighting and they're fighting and their fighting is very hyperactive, and, uh, and all of a sudden they're making out, yep. and, and then it gets way and, further than and, that, and then they go further than that, and they go down that road with what happens when uh, you can make your uh, video game VR avatars uh, have sex with each other, mm-hmm. and it's an and the Fallout. Of all of it. It's an interesting yeah. episode. I gotta say, it's a lot of fun and with the ideas and some of the lines and the thing about the polar bear was funny. Yeah, the polar bear was funny. It's the guy from Aquaman. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Isn't and Anthony Mackie. Aquaman dating Lisa Bonet. The Mary 2, I believe. That's a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, That's I, think, I think he put a ring on that thing. Well, he just made out with the new Captain America. And then he made... Oh, yeah. No, that's... No, he... Uh, that's Jason Momoa is, uh, but in the show it's the bad guy, the Black Manta. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the uh, the best friend. It's a Tim and and Winter Soldier, uh, not Winter Soldier. Anthony um, Mackie, Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. And it's a interesting interesting episode. It's really good. An hour long, so it's like a short movie. Yeah. You know? And uh, I gotta watch the other two episodes. A lot of questions are posed. Is that the best one of the three, Drew? Definitely. Definitely. The, oh, yeah. That way too. The, the, the second one like is more of just like. Uh, you watched Fleabag. Yeah. The priest. Yeah. He's uh, the main character in the second one. So it's really just... As, as the priest? No. Aww. As somebody else. But he, I mean, he kills it. He does a really good job. Yeah. But other than that, it's just kind of, it's a little weak. And then the Miley Cyrus one is the third and one. The Miley Cyrus one is just... It, what the hell, like a whole yeah, cover? You, you better like pop music. I do like pop music, sort of. That's all I'm saying. I like some pop yeah. music. Do you I don't, like don't want to spoil though? it. Uh, like Fine Young Cannibals, I always like because they're just incredible. Yeah, I was just listening. Does it drive me crazy? I was just yeah. listening to that the other day, man. It's a classic song. Their first album, which doesn't get a lot of play, has a badass cover of Elvis's uh, Suspicious Minds. Really? And yes. Roland Gift is just nailing it. There's an Elvis cover on there. I never realized. Uh, that. I don't know. I always thought. That. I guess I never did a deep dive on Fine Young Can- on FYC. No. FYC. I don't yeah. know. Kings of Leon were pretty cool. King Sound's good, uh, but that's still on the outer edge of pop, where it's like it's yeah. pop rock. Uh, like it's, it's, no, so they talking, still play the commercials and stuff. Like, I'm talking like NFL like, commercials. I'm talking you know. your, your Taylor Swifts and oh, your, no, your, your Britney Spears and me, your Miley Cyrus. No, to me, they have to be just like. What do you think of my music? It's mediocre and kind of boring. You'll do great. Yep. Well, I mean, you have to admit but you're though, pretty, some, so you'll do fine. Some Don't of worry. that music though was written to be earworms, yeah. and while like maybe some of it's. Most of it is mediocre. Uh, they are designed to be catchy in a way that's like, well, yeah, this is like, yeah. it's, it's stuck in my brain. It's good. Uh, I, I listen to some pop music just to like uh, stay young on the inside to not be an old grump. That's all. I got to balance out all you, the You really just want to be a teenage grumpiness. girl again, don't you? God, I wish I could go back there. again. Yes, correct. I wish I could be a teenage girl again. Mm-hmm. You have curfew. I want to have curfew. I want to have. You can't be with a girl alone. I want Mary. I want Mary Jane shoes. Uh, yeah. I want I want to be told to uh, what to do. Duck face everything. Yeah. Duck face all my pictures with the backwards uh, peace sign. Yeah, and then you might be able to hit that twenty seven club. Mm. I can restart all over again okay. to get to the twenty seven club. Do you guys ever have That'd any friends good. that like went right from like high school, college, and got married? Like they basically Xerox copied their life at home. 
to a life of domesticity. A, a, a couple. Uh, not, I, not immediately, but yes. Uh, it took him a few years to get to that point. But not yes. close friends, but yes. I yeah. got some, and then, but I also had a couple of friends who like, you know, had kids in college and dropped out of college and oh, did yeah. that whole thing. So yeah. and, like, those, are, those are the ones you're like, you're like, you know, light speed towards midlife crisis. Yes. <laughs> just setting it up for the future. Yeah, exactly. That seven-year itch uh, is going to hit you hard. Yeah. It's going to be so itchy. You're going to itch your face off. Yeah, you're going to need some jock. Was it the... Uh, Blue Star ointment for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The, the best. Um, I gotta write down a drawing. So Good Omens, Black Mirror, and what was the other thing you said? Night Manager. You? Night Manager, which wasn't working out for you yeah. very well. Okay, for whatever good. reason. Anything else? No, that's Is it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Not reading nothing? No mm-hmm. comic books? Nope. No uh, listening to anything fun? Or? Not really. No. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, this is something super cool that I put in the Facebook group that I mentioned this before. This YouTube channel called Corridor Crew where these guys are VFX artists and uh, they start putting out these, you know these videos where like professionals react to this or that or whatever. Uh, they uh, put out videos where they watch um, clips of like CG and digital effects in movies and they point out what's good about them and what's bad about them. And uh, I watched this one where they did like f- almost 15 minutes on recreating dead actors. And they did the examples of uh, Paul Walker in Fast and Furious 7, yeah. Peter Cushing, and uh, 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 Carrie Fisher in, Star Wars in Rogue One. Yeah. And um, what was another one they did? From the Sopranos, uh, This was, so this was like early 2000s on TV, uh, someone from Sopranos, some lady, I can't remember who, and um, Oliver, Olivia... What was his name in, in Gladiator? Oh, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed, because he died yeah. uh, during principal photography. So they showed how they reinserted footage of him without actually recreating. They just reinserted stuff and changed the lighting and things. Um, and of all the things they went through, they're like, the Paul Walker stuff is by far the best. And they showed what works, why some of it works, why some of it doesn't, why some of it's like very obviously not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they quickly put out some of the weird Marvel instances of like Tony Stark uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s head like floating yeah. over his Iron Man suit you know it's like not connected to it or uh, even Mark Ruffalo in the Hulkbuster his head like floats in a weird way over the suits and stuff um, it's really fascinating watching how they break that it's like the lighting here this has to happen here this and that they had Peter Cushing I don't even know why they did it I thought say, it looked pretty good for Peter Cushing that's the thing so they had <clears throat> a scan a full digital scan of his face already on file like they put all the dots on its face and they lit it in every angle and they photographed the whole thing they had it in a computer so when they had their um peter cushing uh avatar i guess you can say in the movie like it looks like him all the way yeah. down to the wrinkles and the blemishes but it still looks like a video game character and they break down like well we think it's because of the the substrata lighting the sub skin surface lighting and scatter the light scatter and it's this and that we think the skin is too tight it's this and uh, they're showing all the things why they think it's not uh, a a fully believable thing why it's like the best uncanny valley uh, character you can get because they had all the information and they still didn't nail it and then they also had so then the same movie at the end Carrie Fisher, young Carrie Fisher, turns around. It's like it means hope, blah blah blah, yeah. and it's and it's a weird looking. It yeah, is. that was the one that didn't work. I always said if I were the director of the movie, I would have had her looking through the glass because that looked real. Yeah, she should have said a new hope. Look at yeah, and, you and you the glass the, reflection. You only see the reflection. Yeah. But if you had Paul Walker behind the windshield, yes, 
with stuff going over, it's, you it, would never know the difference. You can hide stuff yeah. that way. They and should, it works really well. They should have tried to hide it instead of go, like, we're going to fall on shore. But what they, someone on YouTube did, uh, you know, the uh, the deep fakes yep. that they do, right? Where they're now putting real people's faces on other on other bodies and they're blending them together. Someone took uh, Star Wars footage from uh, A New Hope. And they used that to deep fake with the Rogue One footage. And it worked. And they actually smoothed out her mouth, and, and it worked better. <laughs> Someone's, like, at-home YouTube version of that scene yeah. works better well, you than know, the one, Disney version. One thing about movies now, you're not stuck to director's cuts. You can always fix it again. Uh, it's not hysterical. Uh, yeah, I know you people know? who, like, re-edited entire, like, like Last Jedi gets a... I get out of here. Who, who has time to re-edit this stuff? Topher Grace. Yeah. Topher Grace does that. Topher Grace... Like to re-edit movies, and he oh no kidding yes, uh, it's how it's like his relaxing type of thing. So he took episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars and edited them all into one movie. He re-edited what was the other thing he re-edited? That's cool. Recently? Yeah, uh, like after he did David Duke in Black Klansman, he was like, oh, he was all stressed out, and uh, you know, from all the the research and everything. So he uh, like found, picked the movie and re-edited it and like quote fixed it, and he, then he would show it at private showings to, to friends and stuff. Maybe he should. He, maybe maybe we're gonna see a directorial thing from him. Maybe. Uh, I, I just heard uh, a great interview. If you're a Topher Grace fan at all or interested in that, I heard a great interview on the podcast um, uh, uh, You Made It Weird. It's Pete Holmes interviews people, and they go from anywhere from like an hour and a half to like three hours long. There's an Adam McKay interview where they spend oh, like two wow. hours of it talking about Vice, and it's a fantastic uh, conversation about that movie. And he did one with Topher Grace. That was like an hour and 45 minutes, two hours long. It's really interesting and really good and highly recommended. Yeah. I like he's in the second episode of uh, Black Mirror. Tover Grace. All right, wow. there okay. you go. It all comes back around. You see that? I think most. If, I didn't know he edited the movies. He must have like watched Be Kind, Rewind, and taken that to heart. Yes, exactly. Sweeted, I think they call them. Sweeted. The he yes. sweets his own movies Sweeted, together. Yeah. Uh, Steven Soderbergh does the same thing, where he will like re-edit the film, take things out, rejigger things, add music, and then he puts it up on his website for a little while so people can watch it for free, and then he takes it down before he gets. Oh, I'm going to the Fight Club then. When uh, Brad Pitt asks uh, Ed Norton, "What celebrity would you want to?" Yeah. Beat up, yeah, and he says uh, William Shatner. Yeah, I'm gonna have him say Brad Pitt. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you can you can deep fake that. And yeah, to say Brad Pitt. Yeah. Say, oh, that's um, <laughs> so so meta, bro. You got me. So uh, yeah, I gotta say I'm I, I'll recommend the How Did This Get Made podcast to people. That's pretty good. And uh, all right, Kyle, watch anything? Yeah, quite a bit. All right, uh, here we go. Okay, I think last time did we talk about Corto Maltese? Yes. Yeah. So. I found that there's an American uh, translations. Uh, the, okay, there's. I don't think we were talking about court. You and I did, have we? What? Uh, what? Oh, I don't think we've ever talked about uh, uh, Corto Maltese. No. We? Okay, so I haven't been here for that. Okay, so we're not here for that. Yeah, I was jogging my memory. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you like. James Bond, if you like no. Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and if you like uh, those kind of true action adventure stuff that's based in like real history or whatnot, you'll love Quarto. Mm-hmm. It's a comic book that was came out in the 60s, and they were always in the Latin languages, mm-hmm. uh, Spanish, Italian, French, uh, uh, Portuguese, and then in German. And up until a few years ago, they started reissuing them in English. Mm-hmm. And there were these big, fat, deluxe editions of how they got to be made, and this, that, and the other. <clears throat> I got turned on to him uh, through my love of history, and yeah. and 
So I found that they were the French uh, early in the 2000s made these wonderful, beautiful animated versions of these books, and they're gorgeous. I bought a European DVD player so I could watch them. You mentioned that, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. Like, because there was no American DVDs, yeah. so you had to get the Region Two, right? Yeah, yeah insane. So we had to fucking do that shit. So there is, there are actually American translations of these movies with American voice actors, like oh, and they're on YouTube. Oh, nice. So anyway, so I found out that they're, they're going to cast a, a feature film. It's going to be, I think, the guy who did Resident Evil. I'm not happy about it. That's a interesting choice for a director. Uh, Paul Paul W S Anderson would be that guy. I don't know. I it, mm. I just feel it's going to be BS all the way through. Yeah, sure. But I feel like okay, we're talking about comic books. Yeah. The animated versions of these are in color. They're vivid mm-hmm. soundtracks. The acting is really good. You get sucked into them. But I think overseas markets like oh animated film I'm cool with that here right. in America it's like oh that's for kids right exactly yeah yes that's exactly what we were saying 100% but I think if you do the I don't know but when <sighs> you think I, I think Netflix it, for this stuff yes uh, that love love death and robots is uh, R rated so animated stuff that yeah. made a made that, a big that was splash produced by David people. Finch though they, exactly then. oh let's get, let's yes get David that Fincher is to beautiful the yeah. uh, Corto Maltese American thing let's get but I, I think these stories I think with I think people are after Game of Thrones is gone and you know people are going to want more of this kind of serialized deep dive deep cut stuff so mm. but watching a lot of that on uh, YouTube, or a lot of people yeah. know about that. I've been mean, watching pretty much anything with Crumb or Harvey P. Carr lately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working with an artist. I'm doing a show uh, coming up soon with Ashley Taylor, who lives in town. And her work is has that satirical edge, that ugly beauty that P. Carr and uh, uh, R. Crumb do. And I just... Getting into the world of R. Crumb is like... Where did the day go? <laughs> yeah. well, why, well, where do you start with that then? Uh, oh. Why do you recommend people uh, if they want to go down that road? Oh, I would say the movie's a good one. And the documentary is a great mm-hmm. one. And then the, then America's It's just Splendor. called Crumb, right? Is the yeah, Crumb. And yeah. then America's Splendor, which... Which is the uh, uh, Giamatti. Yeah, yeah, which I love the newer versions of biopics where they're not like, in a role he was born to play. Paul Giamatti is. Yeah, yeah. Picar, where it's... They take the Mickey out. They have the real guy in, the, the actors in. Reality and fiction blur. Sure. You know, it's just such a great... It's, it's like a Harvey P. Carr story. Like, you have, know? Have, have more fun with it than just tell yeah. your, your A, B, C typical yeah. uh, life story. Yeah, like the way, like, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, 24-Hour Party People was. Yeah, that's a great movie. You yeah, know. Fantastic um, movie. That's uh, Michael Winterbottom. Uh, what another movie? So, on YouTube, I watched this movie called Payday, Payday. with Rip Torn. And it's the twenty like twenty four forty eight hours of this kind of obnoxious, arrogant country western singer while he's on tour. Okay, in America. Yeah. All right. And he's got his on. He's got his entourage. His yes man. He's got his girl. Another girl with him. It's a seventies movie. Nineteen seventy three, and it's absolutely captivating. Nice. And uh, even if you don't like country music, it's it's which is actually secondary. It's more of a character study. Yeah. But he, you know, he goes back to see his mom, who's a pillhead, and he gives him. Gives her half of his pill stash. Nice. It's just what a all, nice son. It's all the trappings of like bad, you know. I like that it's ripped torn. So he must have been 40, 30? Yeah, he, yeah, he he's absolutely captivating. Yeah. It. yeah, I like I like seeing these guys that we grew up watching them. They were already old by the time we were born and watching these guys. Like uh, a few years ago, I put on Coal Miner's Daughter, which was just on TV. Oh, yeah. And then here comes this twenty uh, year old Tom Lee Jones looking all like I said. 
Is that yes, it is. He's skinny and so young, and God, it's a weird, strange look at him. That's yeah. what uh, Sissy Spacek, right? Yes. And that's Rip Torn's cousin. Ah, there we go. See, it all comes yeah. together. See, it's all in the year, man. It's meant to happen. That yeah, very nice. So, Payday on YouTube. Corto Maltese also on YouTube, right? Nice. Yeah, they're fractured up into different episodes. But, man, sure, seriously, yeah. if you like that kind of stuff, I'm telling you, you're going to love these these stories. I mean, like they're, the guy is just so cool, and the writing is incredible. But the comic books, the you can order them on Amazon. They're mm-hmm. so beautiful. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, people should look. There's a surprise amount of those comic books on Amazon are for free. Yeah. Like, I was just going through the the bookstore by accident almost, and I found some Yodorowsky stuff that's uh, the digital comics are free. Oh, wow. Like, download. download, download, download. Yeah, I'll find time to read this. You know, make sure to go through this Hey, stuff. speaking of comics, uh, well, I think we all kind of touched on this a, a few weeks ago. Giraffes on Horseback Salad. Just, the, the Salvador Dali Marx Brothers script. I think we did talk about this, yes. Because uh, Dali, uh, yeah, Dali had a thing with giraffes for some reason, man. Uh, he wanted a giraffe in Yodorowsky's Dune. He's like, can I have a giraffe on fire? I guess you can have a giraffe on fire. So this movie, or this graphic novel that mm. Josh Frank wrote, which if you don't know Josh Frank, he's he's one of Frank Black from the Pixies, one of his writing partners. Okay. He's just this incredible guy. He writes really, I would say, truly a, post, a postmodern writer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he was down in, at the Dolly Museum. We interviewed him. But uh, really, and Tim Heidecker is involved in this graphic okay. novel. That makes sense. And just seeing this modern like, day comedic surrealist, yeah, Heidecker. yeah. very Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah, sure. Yeah, know, pushing yeah. the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anti-comedy. Yeah, and you see this book. You're like, man, this can be made now. Now, yeah, it could. And yeah, he, you see these things that can be made it? now. Yeah, yeah sure. I have not seen oh, it, no. I should have brought but it with me. That's the thing. When you, they come up with these ideas, Dolly came up with all these stories that could have been uh, impossible in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even in the 90s, come up with some ideas. Oh, yeah. But now you see what we can do. It's like, man, we can make oh, any yeah. story you want to tell. We can tell. Hey, you yeah. know what's funny? When I, when I, in the interview with Josh Frank, it said, he goes, because I've, I've, I've always felt for many years that the Marx Brothers, their, their, their brand is fading. Sure, yeah. Yes. They, yeah, they're less relevant now. Yeah, than oh, yeah. But we're, whereas, like, Charlie Chaplin still gets quoted and talked about, mm-hmm. you know, like... Buster Keaton still gets Buster referenced. Buster Keaton, the Rat Pack still... And, but, you know, so he goes... When he, he basically wrote a proposal about doing this, mm-hmm. the families of all the Marxes had just gotten together and finally made a, a, an actual board. Mm-hmm. Oh, to figure out what to do with the estates and the brand, etc. Yeah, et and that letter came in, like, oh, well, first order of business. It was the first and only thing they had gotten in years. Oh my goodness! So he, they got the green light on it. I go, man, what do I? Incredible timing! It is timing. Seriously. Yeah, it is really about the luck of that kind of timing, hundred percent. But I think man. piggybacking on on because Dolly's probably more popular now than he was when he was alive. But yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. And then there's Dolly Museum, oh, and uh, yeah, because of pop culture, uh, yeah, the. The, the melting watches and stuff people know that before they even know the name yeah, who Dolly Salvador is. Dolly and stuff yeah in fact know? I'm happy they referenced those melting watches in one of the episodes do they yeah, yeah. there you go just the imagery itself or uh, the elephants with the really long skinny legs yeah. you'll see mm-hmm. that before you learn who Dolly is or that it's all the, the same thing um, anything else you want to throw out there for people to, as we wrap up the first half here? What am I doing? I don't know. What most am I watching? I don't know. Uh, blah, anything? Blah. Anything you're listening to real quick that you want to that uh, has sparked your interest oh, lately? Oh yeah. Okay. So my cat got uh, hidden my record thing, and I came across these Sibel. Man, I forgot how great. I, I love championing underrated artists. So <clears throat> Sibel, how do you spell that? C I. B E L L E. Okay. She has one big classic called Train. 
that was kind of like a quote-unquote acid jazz, Nouvelle Vogue tune in the early 2000s. Okay. But she's made a series of records that are, I always say, like, <clears throat> imagine if Bjork were floating above uh, uh, Carnival in in Brazil okay. while inhaling a jet stream and feeling the cyclic effects of it. That's weird. That's a weird description Her music is dream. She does a cover. It's not easy being green. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And she's got all these great, like, she's beautiful ones. She's, she dresses up in these great costumes. That's cool. I think she calls her music the Las Venus Cabaret. Okay. That's kind of her thing. So, she has, see, she comes with that from a very specific, uh, she has an approach, a voice, an idea of what she wants oh, to yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Very, I would say, psychedelics, electronic samba that's, and I just awesome. uncovered like oh I forgot about these albums like new music again yeah mm-hmm. yeah that is fun doing that or when uh, actually just reminds me uh, when you, the way you describe that it makes me think of how a uh, new Santana album just came out that for once it isn't a Santana album where every song is like with a different you know different artist yeah. it's a, actually a cohesive thing from start to finish and it's called Africa Speaks it's him working with someone else and it's just uh, an African music inspired Santana album and really Drew you know what it sounds like after the end by the end of the first track hmm. it just sounds like uh, Mars Volta like at the drive-in kind of like no really with the awesome drums and the wailing guitars and it just goes off in this weird dub universe it's amazing and what about the dub stuff but it's well his early I mean all his early work Santana to me is always one of those artists that kind of like was right on the edge of like accessibility yes. and adventurous. Yes, he what caused uh, especially with live shows. No stranger to uh, going off on the improv and the oh, tangents, yeah. and then music. even releasing music that uh, songs that were six, seven, eight minutes long. Yeah. You no, know, Soul Sacrifice is like a seven minute song. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but then they would put out Oikomba. Here's a three minute banger that anyone <laughs> can listen to across all cultures and uh, people to this day. When I host trivia. Uh, when I play Oi Como Ba, I look out in the crowd. Any age, doesn't matter. It's people like move into a thing. They love that. They, they love that shit, man. It wasn't, that's a Tito Puente tune, isn't it? Yes, it is. Originally Tito Puente. But it's like more that's more like a salsa tune. When he does it, it's a little, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more chill. When Santana does it, it's a little more rocking, for sure. But I would say that's interesting. That's kind of New Yorkian, really. Yeah. With the West Coast Mexicali yes. feel, yeah, because yeah, Santana's fully uh, Chicano, yeah, so uh, it's kind of a cross cultural, yeah, it's it's the eye in the coast, man. That's yeah. what's going on. That's why it's so yeah. good. It meets up in Texas somewhere. That's where at the drive-in uh, slash Mars Volta's from. So it all makes sense, Drew. When you when you map it out together, when you get the the red lines going with the push buttons, mm-hmm. it all makes plenty yeah. of sense to me. It's all up here in my brain. If you say so. Um, okay, look, look, we got to take a break. We're at the forty-five minute mark. Uh, we got a message from the Patreon troll. Drew Sikogburn. It's not me. Apparently it's not Drew. It sounded like you earlier, but you're denying it, so I'll believe you. Uh, but the Patreon trolls here with a message uh, and a clip from our Patreon show, and then we'll be back with the second half of episode 335. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Here we go. Ha, 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 ha. 
to uh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is said to have spent hours, this is from a Slash Film article, pouring over the actor's work, both of them. He met with them in April. Pattinson has far more name recognition, Mm. but it was his work in Good Time and High Life, Hey, among others, that Reeves kept on coming back to Drew Sakagra. How long... Have we been standing for these movies? He is great in good time. He's great in good time. We, we, I mean, High Life was just a wacky fucking movie. And Matt Reeves is on our wavelength. I'm feeling pretty good about this Batman movie. Yeah, I'm I mean, it, it all depends on the story that they try to tell. Chris, it's all about the story. It is all about the story. Okay, it is all about the story. So now imagine this. Uh, apparently, Matt Reeves is said to have considered Pattinson, age 33, early on in the process, says a source. Even though no outreach was made, Reeves didn't even know if the actor wanted the part, so Matt Reeves was writing the Batman, sort of thinking about... People do this all the time. Yeah. If they picture the actor they want to use. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, I killed a dead, my zombie western sitting in a drawer, uh, imagining, all right, it's an older timeline and a young timeline. What if the older timeline was uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Christopher Walken? What if the young timeline was Dave Chappelle doing a Samuel L. Jackson impression? And then Kevin Corrigan doing his uh, Christopher Walken impressions. <laughs> and, and that's how I wrote it. And I was like, this is fun. I get why people do this. Matt Reeves did it for uh, Robert Pattinson. He's like, what if Robert Pattinson was my Batman? Ben Affleck was fine. But his day is coming. Quickly. I mean, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> it really wasn't. He, he, was, was, was he, he was part of another one of those dark parts of the Batman franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, ooh, these are not really that good. Ebb and flow, ebb and flow. You get the two good Burtons, and you get two bad Schumachers. Oh. You get three good Nolans, so you get two bad Schneiders. Oh, oh Matt Reeves, you're on the upswing, buddy. <laughs> I hope so. 
I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. We'll time bear itself out. You never know. I mean, dude. Some, sometimes people just get too far ahead of themselves. That's true. That's true. Or they give them. They give them too much rope. No. Playing themselves. Oh man. But then again, I mean, if he did those two fucking Planet of the Apes movies, I mean, that's, that was plenty of rope to hang yourself, and mm. he didn't. So. And he did not. Him and Andy Serkis really work well together. Yeah. So we'll see how he, he does with Pattinson. Give me. Uh, give me Andy. So how is Andy Serkis going to be in this movie? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Penguin maybe. That's a lot of makeup. He, he could be any of them. Anyone. He could be Catwoman if he wanted to. Yeah. He could be CG motion capture Catwoman. <laughs> so weird. Andy Serkis, please be in this Batman movie. He will be oh. in. It's just a matter of how. Oh, he could be Alfred. Who, for sure, uh, they confirm Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, in this movie. He could be Alfred. He could be a younger Alfred. That'd be fun. Oh, you know what? I am going to miss Jeremy Ironstock. He didn't get to do enough. No, he didn't. He, that was a he real was, waste. He was stunting on Michael Caine. Nope. Nope, nope, Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine said, that boy up there, I heard him crying. That day. Now I have to leave. I'm so sad. I will not blink. I will not blink. So there you go. Wasn't that special? Did you enjoy your little chit-chats about the Batman the movie coming out next year? And also, you got to hear the Michael Caine impression that Chris likes to do so poorly. Isn't it hysterical when he makes an ass of himself? So if you want to hear more of that, again, patreon.com slash and you can pay $1 to $5 a month to listen to the shows and all the other shows. And you know what happens if you don't? Well, I will have to track you down and strip the meat off your bones, and I will throw the meat away because I don't want your meat. I want the bones. And I'll eat your bones, and they're delicious. Mmm, I love the bones, and I will make soup from them. Bone soup. Unless, of course, you pay the monies. But I would rather have your bones. Bones, 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 and nom, 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 nom. Y'all back, Cinema Craspeso. We're doing our thing. Thank you, Patreon Troll, for that little preview of the Patreon show that's released. Patreon.com slash Craspeso. We did our Dark Phoenix spoiler episode. It's out there. Then we'll have another show later this week. Tuesday Cogburn, where can people find you online? At Antihero419 Facebook and Instagram. Follow at Tuesday Cogburn on Twitter. It's not me. They do a great job. Yes, they do. Kyle, where can people find you online? They can find me at kyleagle at gmail.com or the major scale at PFT Media. Jazz, oh, yeah. past, present, future, and everything between. Such a good show. I love it. The latest season just completed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So that's 12 more episodes out there. That means we have 24 total that people can check out. Actually, uh, it's 26 or 28. Is it 28? Did we do 14, 12, or no, 14? No, we, we've got four that we did on our first but mini you, season. You have the... Uh, Herbie Hancock. Yeah, but that wasn't. I don't think I had that on the website. No, we, I keep forgetting because those it on are there. those are ones that he had on WUCF. Yeah, uh, that was before we got the, the hookup. Yeah, because you already had stuff out there. Yeah, well. we're yeah. kind of like the SCTV of jazz programs. Yes, that's a good way. To <laughs> you know, it's on. It's like you know, cable access one year. It's on Cinemax around. the next. It's on NBC. Yeah. Whoever, whoever will take us. <laughs> yes, wherever, exactly. wherever you'll find a home. Yeah. we're so happy to have, for that to be uh, this place now to be the home. PFT Media. 
Uh, but I love the show. Uh, I think Thank it's fantastic. You. I highly recommend. I keep recommending people checking it out. It's great stuff. Uh, done some live shows this year too. Yes, which is very awesome. And uh, I saw that show you put on. You helped present at the Iron Cow. And then what? Didn't you do another one on their like official major scale recently? Or oh, I, I saw <coughs> Nels Klein. But the uh, Nels Klein it was one, yeah. Right? I, I well, I've interviewed him several times. And uh, and then there was a Chuck Stewart exhibition. Oh, yeah, Chuck Stewart exp- exhibition. Yeah, yep. at uh, at the Snap Gallery in Colonial Mills. There you go, right uh, next to Lineage Coffee yeah, and uh, over, Lazy Moon for people who are interested where that might be. Yeah, yeah the guy did over two thousand album covers. You, there we have we have Tito Puente there. We have Gil Scott Heron, Cream, mm-hmm. and we've got Led Zeppelin. Very and, nice. Uh, and then you have the uh, your film series, The More Q Than A, will be coming back very soon, right? Yes, and I believe it's going to be the the usual suspects, Josh, David Martin, and Patrick Green, who created the series. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be, we have some, we're planning it, the, the refurbished uh, Rogers Keeney building, also known as a gallery at Avalon Island is... That's the Green Building, right? Yeah, so, <clears throat> City Arts. In fact, if you haven't seen the new show there... That's right, that's where City Arts moved into. Yeah, yeah. Scott White's show. Wow. Yeah? Man. Not because I've curated two shows mm. that are going on right now, but... Yeah, The Heaven is a Place on Earth or Red Mills Gallery. But there are some incredible shows on right now. Are there? S- Scott White's stuff is a watershed moment. Yeah? The work is incredible. And then you have Romero... Flynn Dobbs, she curated that. Mm-hmm. And I believe her and Donna Dallas are behind the Romero Brito gig going on at Grand Bohemian. Mm-hmm. Then you've then you've got yeah, uh, Grand Bohemian does always have art. Uh, they yeah. have a little art gallery. Yeah, then the Chuck sure. Stewart and Anna and Adam, Adam, uh, Anna and Adam, which their work is just. I was just at the the Mills Gallery. Saw some of the pieces you got hanging up in there. It's, I like the uh, I like that they're big. They're big. It's not you know people think of art. They think of the same thing in frames and the. Flat against the wall, the same bullshit over and over. But the stuff they got hanging up over there is very interesting. Oh, it's you know? beautiful. I compared them to the, uh, like a new generation of the Highwaymen school of, of art, and people are like, well, that's a Florida classic, uh, you know, established. Like, you get that awful. That's a very big uh, statement. Great, I'll see you on Friday night. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and the work is it's, it's all about making statements. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you if, try not to make a statement. What's going on? Yeah, if anyone, yeah, if anyone thinks that the Florida doesn't <laughs> have cultural happenings, I mean, I just met like that R. Crumb. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. Person uh, reminds me of the to a degree Ashley Taylor. Where do you see her stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a guy named Justin Looper. He's got an incredible style. Nice. You know, yeah, and all they're cool. all and they're all here. They're all here in Florida, which is awesome. All here working. Well, the key is to keep them here, not let them move. You know, let, <laughs> give them incentives to stay. Give them incentives mm-hmm. to stay. You yeah, know? <laughs> that's the tough thing to do when uh, you have an art hating um, legislature. Well, hopefully Eskimani and Smith, uh, you know, they've made a lot of of vocal, been vocal about wanting to support the arts. And I think that's, I think what we're doing here, Mm -hmm. I mean, broadcasting is an art. And I think that's something that needs to be supported. Absolutely. Yeah. We need a podcast grant from the government to be able to to be, right, Drew? Yeah, I mean, yeah. This man needs a computer. He's stuck on his phone over here. They uh, they took his computer. Kyle, these sons of bitches. Yeah. No, we, I think we should have uh, Cinema Crespiduso do a uh, a plug at the More Q than A show a film. Absolutely, we should do uh, we should do a Crespiduso presents uh, co produced with the More Q and A series. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick a weird ass movie, pack the place out. Have the a good weirder time. the movies, I'm telling you, we we had we should, hey, let's show a Russian surreal film called Stalker. I don't know, man. Uh, you want to go out to that? Man, it was standing room. I'm sure it was. 
Christmas Stalker is a really crazy one. But I love doing, we love doing guest curators. There's also a Stalker reference in Atomic Blonde. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to be a guest curator. Uh, maybe, uh, Drew, what do you think? Zoo, the documentary Zoo, have people? That'd oh, be, I mean. That would, that would uh, uh, make people sit up and pay attention. Yeah, yeah, man. Zoo, wow. Zoo I mean, is a documentary here's about the thing. Uh, it's, Mr. Hands it's a lot like Paul Fle- Washington. It's, it's a lot like Fleabag, Chris, where you if you can survive the cold open that's just pow right to your face then you're in for the whole movie it's a documentary about the horse uh, lovers about the horse lovers of of Washington they they love (laughs) horses oh like in the and they love to be loved by horses like so much that they get fucked to death well there was a 90s there's a story about the one guy being dropped off in an ER and he died from internal hemorrhaging and bleeding Mr. Hands and then I got his name was Mr. Hands he got tied back to a horse farm in Hollow Paul Mm -hmm. and it was a bunch of dudes who got together via the internet in the late 90s Mm -hmm. no you remember the story it's called there's a documentary about it called Zoo and there's a documentary about it called Zoo yeah you know hearing about it I always felt was enough that's the thing (laughs) that's the thing (laughs) I don't know if I need to see it that's the thing the thing is though but then you watch the movie and you almost feel bad for these guys it is it's like the, Passion of the Christ. You know, like, did you see that movie? Jesus gets his ass kicked in it. Yeah, the thorn of crowns get nah, beat up. Yeah, I've heard it. Since, I don't know if no, I'm going to watch fine. it. No, that's fine. No, it's not like they're like, here's the insertion shot now. No, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But it is, it's way more graceful and beautiful. And of human. A, and human. It's way more touching of a movie than it has any right to be yeah. a movie about horse fucking. Yes. It is surprisingly thoughtful and well made and very well made is it as well made as the Simpsons episode where Tor McClure admits his love for fish that's a great episode that's when he marries Patty yeah. uh, but then he lives in this like weird fish house and yeah. she gets him to admit that hey, you just admit that you love fish yeah. it's, it's, it's no it's not as good as that that's better oh. the Tor McClure <laughs> fish episode is much better than the zoo movie maybe we'll just show that instead we'll just show that episode of the Simpsons yeah. and then get go. people call to accept we'll show that Shape of Water call it a day yeah. Hi there. Any other fish loving? Uh, fish called Wanda. What other fish loving? Splash. We got yeah, a weird Splash. Little Mermaid. We have a weird yeah. history of um have having sex with fish in, in our right. culture. <laughs> yeah. what, what what other fish can we love? Jaws 3D. Jaws 3D. There was that scene Piranha where 3D? where uh Quaid. It's uh Dennis Quaid and uh, who was it? It's not Meg Ryan. Who was the lady? Who's the blonde in that movie? Where they have sex inside the shark? And Louis Gossett Jr. watches. Oh, in, in Piranha really? 3D, the piranhas eat the penis right in the beginning. In Piranha 3D, you see the floating yeah. penis. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was, how, that was pretty how awesome. How about uh, Orca with Richard Harris? Orca, you see the uh, the baby come out of the dead Orca and splash onto yeah. the... That's that's like an abortion. It's yeah. a whale abortion. That's good stuff. I forgot the sex scene inside the shark. Yeah, yeah. that was the best one because yeah. it's in 3D. Uh-huh. You're, okay, <laughs> now you know, when I was a kid, I thought sex scenes were cool. But you know, as I get older and I watch movies and I see like... Now they feel so gratuitous. Sometimes they can be like, weird yeah, yeah. Like, why yeah. is this here it's, it's the suits we need a sex scene no. but, but, like, but no we don't in the 80s and 90s we did but now we have internet porn uh, now boobs are everywhere sex scenes are everywhere we don't need gratuitous nudity yeah. in our movies anymore Johnny Depp made a movie called The Brave with Marlon Brando he directed it and it, it sank without a trace here was it the uh, 90s no I, early 2000s I, something around there yeah it's actually pretty it's about a guy it's about a snuff filmmaker Marlon Brando plays the snuff filmmaker intense yeah, the guy that wrote it's actually the guy who wrote the, the Fletch novels. No shit, Greg McDonald. Yeah, no shit. So Johnny Depp's character sells himself okay. to this stuff filmmaker, and okay. it's actually a pretty cool movie. It did well in cons, and in America it got tanked, and Johnny Depp I think just sank it. And I think what made the movie suck is the stupid sexy on the side of a mountain. 
<laughs> on the side of a mountain. And it's dumb. It's it's, it's like Mr. Show lampooning. Really? Like It's that gratuitous and ridiculous. It's, it's, it's corn, slow motion. It's so funny. And like, hey, yeah, you know what? Just cut this part out. I think you'll get the movie back. And it you is know? weird now yeah, when I'm watching a movie and, I, and we have a sex scene. Like, why is this? I mean, it's not even like it's that titillating. We're not even seeing a lot of nipple or you know what I'm saying Drew yeah no you know it's not very gonzo no. them. they're just like it's very tasteful like I don't need tasteful sex yeah but it's, sho- it's always shoehorned in it's always shoehorned in yeah you know like we have to save the universe how are we gonna do it with the by banging but, yeah. first, <laughs> but first let's go have sex yeah, first, exactly no if these characters love each other show it to me the way they show it in any direct video Steven Seagal movie where he's with a character much younger than him and, <laughs> and they hug and then the camera pans up Fade to next scene. That's all we get. Isn't Steven Seagal kind of the action movie equivalent of Woody Allen? Or now he's like, yeah, the action girls fans. would never go from real life. But yeah, no. for real. <laughs> in so many ways, he's the action equivalent where uh, he was popular in the '80s. People stand for him super hard, but then now we all realize how gross he is, yeah. and mm-hmm. and we don't want anything to do with him anymore. No, and uh, he's kind of gone into hiding in a way. Now he's in Russia, and uh, yeah, and also he has weird, gross sex stuff. Yes. Really bad, really bad sex accusations against them. Hey, speaking of gross, uh, they're making a new Rambo movie. Do you think yes. we should call Rambo: Colon Last Blood? Do you think we should call Stallone and say, "Hey, you know there are more stories out there. Maybe he should read." You know what? How about Nighthawks Two? Nighthawks is a killer movie. Yeah, go, go, yeah, revisit that character. That was a, him and Rutger Hauer. Speaking of yeah. Rutger Hauer, before, um, you know, I saw the trailer for Rambo: Last Blood, and outside of the possibility of violence. Which is what the Rambo movies are good for now. I it's just like why, why, why Rambo that came out over a decade ago was fine. That was like a 2006 movie. Uh, you know why he's be he's been emboldened by the good reception for Rambo was pretty well received. Uh, Rocky uh, Balboa was very well, well mm-hmm. received, and then Creed and Creed Two were Creed especially was uh, so they're liking. He's getting the best reviews of his career in the last ten years from. Characters he's been revisiting. Yeah. So I'm waiting for Oscar 2. I'm waiting for oh, yeah. uh, Tango and Cash Strikes Back. Oh, man. How about you know? Victory again? Victory, I remember that the one. The soccer movie, their prisoner war camp. I never saw that one. Pele's in that I never saw that one. I've only seen, I couldn't get through, I've only seen the first like 20 minutes of the the uh, the, sh- the Strike Worker movie, Fist. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a John G. Alveson movie I think he did, did together before Rocky. Or was it after Rocky? After. It was after Rocky. Yeah. They worked together uh, again. Um, and there was another one. The, I keep forgetting the title of it. Lock Up? Oh, yeah. That's the one where he's like fit, helping a guy fix a car in a prison. I always seem to see the same scenes over and over whenever it's on TV. Did you ever, the movie he did early in his career was actually a great 70s uh, character study. And it's the, mm. the making behind it. It's called Lords of Flatbush. Isn't that his like first movie outside of uh, Death After Race. Death Race yeah, which is right? another great movie yeah because uh, yeah. he did uh, Party of Kitty and Stubbs Death Race and then uh, Lord of Flatbush right yeah, yeah. The Lord of Flatbush Henry Winkler and Perry King uh, Perry King it's a good 70s cast you know they said they made the their girlfriends did their makeup for him, and they had to go to the set on the subway dressed as '50s greasers. That's awesome! That's, great. That's fantastic. Yeah, they couldn't do it at the set. They had to, like, you know, it was low budget. You got to do it at home. There's no place for you to do it here. You got to show up on set ready to go. What was another movie? Oh, you, okay. You know, okay. Judge Dredd, the stolen one, yes. which is absolutely god awful, horrible, horrible, great horrible, comic horrible. book series. Have you Love guys? The series. Have you guys seen the Kurt? Uh, Kurt, um, we Urban the Carl Urban, Carl Urban. Urban. We 
Dread. Love, oh my god, so fantastic. We love it so hard. But you know why? One the, of the you best know why it movies ever. It failed because of the original one. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah more than likely. That hundred percent. They did nothing to separate it from oh, uh, the trade goosebumps. The marketing also wasn't very good for Dread, and then I go oh, see the movie, oh, and it was so good in three D like, too. The slow so motion, I, the slow motion, I, I pretty guess, yeah. everything. But I, I think we saw it separate. But it, I think no. Dread is largely a European character. I yep, think very it, English. I, I think they cashed their chips in with the Stallone version. Did People a, are did a piss poor job of it. Yeah, a bad representation of the character, and also just a bad movie. Yeah. Rob Schneider's in it. That's that should uh. give you a hint. The, the opening scene where he's flying through the city in the ship and he's looking at the city, he's like, "Wow, look, ooh, wow, do I live there?" It's so bad. I want to stab that movie with a knife. But yeah, the the, the new one was the, so, that movie is oh, so really good. good. Did it make enough money for a sequel? Unfortunately, well, I think if it gets the cult status, it could. I mean, look at Blade it, Runner. It's been enough back. time where even one of the producers he went on Twitter is like, "Guys, it's not happening." But they moved on, where they're working on a Mega City One show for FX. And uh, it's like essentially the same sort of creative team, a lot of the same people. So they're going to work on a, uh, a similar show. At least it might work as a TV show. Obviously, it's a serialized comic. Yeah, it's fine. It goes Mega City the 70s. One judges everywhere. Judges everywhere. Judge Dredd has cameos. We, we can get a cool Judge Death. On YouTube, there's um, a six episode, very short episodes, five minutes each. A uh, cartoon series called Judge Death, mm-hmm. and it's an adaptation of a Judge Death storyline from the Judge Dread run. That's super, super cool. Well, maybe it could, I think if you do it right, this, you know. But uh, that's one of the few we talked about earlier in the show mm-hmm. uh, adaptation of a comic book. That I think like, man, these guys got it. That, yes, they knew what they were doing. There were, and you know who wrote it and helped sort of direct it was Alex Garland, who would then go on to do. Uh, Ex Machina, Annihilation. Oh, yeah, this guy's good, man. So. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that was, that was a Europe, an English production? Yes. Fury Road was an Aussie European that was, production. That was as international as it gets. I mean, I think, it's like Australian-based with George Miller, but, uh, I mean, they filmed in Tunisia, and they had Americans there and English people there. and stuff I like. think, not to sound pretentious, but I do think sometimes Asians and Europeans... Mm-hmm. They're into storytelling. They're mm-hmm. into the, the integrity of the story. Right. Where it's here, it's like, hey, let's get Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd story. We're like, anyone, the writers of Judge Dredd, why? Yeah, you know? yeah they, they don't understand it. Well, I think it's more a matter of translation. and I mean, just the fact that uh, they made a Dredd movie where Judge Dredd took off his helmet within yeah. like 10 minutes. What, and what the fuck's the point so of that? So you can see his weird contact lens blue eyes. Uh, that was strange. Yeah. yeah it, it betrays the character. Well, they cast a wide net. The fans are one small group. Yes. And they, they and they were wanted to make a big budget. Yeah. They didn't want to make a Judge Dredd movie. They wanted to make a Sylvester Stallone movie. A big movie. budget <clears throat> Stallone movie with special effects and, and, and cars and bikes and robots and, and Amanda Santi. I am the law. I am the Amanda Santi. Either he's awesome in a movie or he is just or he's terrible. bad 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 either he's uh um what's that one he did with the god the, 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 the oh mambo kings he, either he's mambo kings or he's a striptease or it's like oh mm-hmm. god yeah it's almost the same guy hey, speaking <laughs> of rob weird. it's yeah. like how is this the same actor <laughs> speaking of rob schneider what was that movie he was in when he was in prison um it's pretty good actually it's uh big like big neck or big, big it, it's one that he actually produced uh, during his uh, strong Buddhist phase. So it's a character about uh, uh, redemption and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, David Carradine's in it. 
I, I never saw it. That's why I can't recall the title of it. But it's, it is early two thousands. Yeah, it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty funny. Is it? It's that, got some pretty funny bits in it. That was right around early two thousands, early mid two thousands. He was doing a lot of uh, uh, Buddhist influence stuff. Because no kidding. Because he was getting very into that kind of. Is he uh, still? I think he kind of pulled back on that a bit, especially since his show failed. So now he's less. What, uh, show, what, what show did he? Have? He had uh, the Rob. I think it was just called the, the Rob, Rob Schneider, Schneider show. show. I think. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and it did not work. It was not his uh, Seinfeld, gotta but, say. But yeah, they, that's actually got some. Pre- I mean, it's it's got some. <laughs> I can't yeah, repeat, I can't, enjoyed it. Can't repeat it. Big, here. big Stan. Big. I think it's Big Stan. Big Stan. I think so. But yeah, yeah it's got a great parody of David Carradine of himself in it. Oh really? Yeah. So David Carradine still alive? Yeah, it's got go. it. That gets, helps the timeline a little bit. There. And he lampoons a lot of like real estate, and it's lampooned quite a bit. Interesting. And then prison culture. I've, I definitely haven't seen that one. You know, Schneider isn't interesting. At least he was uh, half Filipino. He's got that going for him. Mm. He's, you guys found out Mark, Mark Parl Garcilar is half Indonesian. Yes, he is. That's why when you see him now, look at pictures of him. He's, he's got sort of like the almost an Asian look at me. I, I thought maybe it was uh, face face work, <laughs> you know, surgery. But, yeah. but it could just be his, uh, his mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Same thing with Dave Bautista. That's why he also he gets so dark. He tans so dark because he's half Filipino, Dave Bautista. Well, you know, was it? They say Obama was the first black president, but a lot of people don't know that Barry Gordy and Jimmy Carter are related. Are they really? Yeah. How are they related? Through their mom. How, I think though? I think his mom's maiden name was Gordy. Jimmy James, President Jimmy Carter's Carter. name, my mother's name was Gordy. I believe so, because they're, they're, Barry Gordy's black, mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter's white. Yes. But, you know, not all the way, you know. I think So Jimmy Carter is technically the first black president. I, I thought you were going to say it was Bill Clinton. No. What about Thomas we, Jefferson? No, he's just having black kids. It was always going yeah. on. Jefferson, that son of a bitch. He's like, and then we'll make him sleeves while we're at it. What an asshole. But he did walk to his own inauguration. Did he? Yeah, he they did. all did, didn't they? Oh, he and then t- that one did in the rain, and then he died 20 days later in a moron. Yeah, well, the, the, was it William Henry Harrison? Yeah, the early guys, they were kind of slave owners, but they were like, yeah, let's not have a standing army in a central bank. Let's just kind of like... No, nah, we'll just run these slaves and I'll walk to the yeah. inauguration. Uh, Drew, you want to get in on this uh, earlier presidential talk we're doing here? No, not really. You don't have any uh, stats to throw down nope. on uh, don't know John it. Quincy Adams, Mm-mm. maybe, or a Didn't. little bit of Martin Van Buren nope. insights, or perhaps Mm-mm. some uh, uh, info on uh, Andrew Jackson there. In he was the, racist. Uh, oh, there we go. How about a TV series of all the, the minor presidents? Franklin Pierce, drunk. <laughs> he was a bad. Yeah, <laughs> give me a... give me a whole episode on Calvin Coolidge. William Howard Taft and his bathtub story. Yes, bathtub yeah. story. Coolidge taking naps. Uh, Chester A. Arthur just like hanging out in New York City. Yeah, the adventures of Gerald Ford. Yes, you know uh, the re-election campaign of Grover Cleveland. It's yeah. like I want to be president again. Yeah, I sat out for a while, but I want to come back. Yeah, that would, that would minor, be fun. Yeah, minor, all the minor, and then it's called minor. the minor presidents. That would be really. They funny. achieved not much. Yeah. You don't really remember them. These are the ones that we don't give a shit about. Yeah, uh, like, and anyone between essentially uh, Lincoln and yeah. Roosevelt. If it weren't for Welcome Back Cotter, you'd never remember President Buchanan. <laughs> you remember Welcome Back Cotter? Our point is proven. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm. I'm all right, that's another thing we're going to cut out with this episode. Mail to ourselves. We'll come up with the, the Minor Presidency TV show. Minor Presidency? Okay, well, actually, this is pretty... What's the, yeah, I, I like this. Presidency. Between that and Arctic Voodoo uh, Terror, I think we're pretty good to go here yeah. on, all the, on all the great ideas we're coming up with. 
Um, How much time do we have? We have about uh, 15 minutes here to go, and we have some emails we got to read. So, Drew Zakagra sent you those emails. Whip that phone out, sir, and read them real quick. Here we go. We got an email from Cremel. And you can email us cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we'll read them just like this. Talking about what's on that telly. What's on that telly? Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. So, this got canceled after one episode aired. You guys hear about this? Oh, the a, DC series. I heard thing. about it getting canceled. Yeah, there were a few yeah. shows that canceled for one episode. They joined that canon, which is that would be another good documentary. Canceled for one episode. Canceled after one episode. That would be a good documentary. They, oh. not, they, they Either they're call, so brilliant or they're so bad. It, yeah, we'll, we'll call the show. Didn't even give it a shot, or the documentary because they didn't even get a shot. One episode. Will it come back? No, I don't know. What I do know is that this is a fun horror-inspired superhero show. The CGI is surprisingly well done, and it has some cool body horror moments. It may actually turn out to be a good thing if only 10 episodes get made, Mm -hmm. if the quality remains this consistent. Mm. Streaming on DC. There you go. Which uh, apparently may shudder. We'll see. Uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 3. Oh, yeah. That just popped on Amazon. The first season was one of my favorite seasons of any show, and perhaps the darkest show of all time. The second season was a little uneven, but still pretty good. Where does that leave us for season three? It definitely is a much different show from season one. After the first three episodes, I'm expecting this season to be much more focused on action and espionage as the resistance becomes a focal point. It also makes uh, an even more conscious effort to mirror what is happening in America in 2019. Streaming on Hulu. Makes sense. All right. So it's a Handmaid's Tale season three. Who write that down? Uh, how to sell drugs on the internet fast. Oh, yeah, that's on uh, Netflix. This is a German show, and the creators must have been influenced by Scott Pilgrim. It's basically a teen drama centered around exactly what the title says. Now, I may have you lost at teen drama, but this is a really well-written teen drama that avoids most of the predictable teen show tropes and is willing to go to some dark places. Okay. In fact, all the kids are kind of bad people, and there is no hero or shining light. Mm-hmm. It's streaming on Netflix. All right. Thanks, Chris and Drew. Hey, you're welcome. If you are one of the Poro listeners, assuming this is read on the Sunday show, it is. Then subscribe on Patreon. The four the four monthly midweek shows are really worth twenty five cents an episode. Uh-huh. And let Kyle know the Gainesville WGOT listeners love Major Scale, and we are looking forward to new episodes. Hey. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Very cool. Yes, yeah. uh, Cremella helps run volunteer led WGOT in Gainesville, where Major Scale episodes get uh, rebroadcast, resyndicated, trying to make sure as many people hear it as possible. He said the major scale is really big with the uh, the 3 a.m. acid heads. So, oh, really? Yeah, what a shock. <laughs> what a All shock. Right, cool. they, they're like in the, the cool, uh, long-form music show. Yeah, uh, next season's going to have some uh, interesting... Uh, yeah? Yeah. I'm it's, sure you do. Every season has some. We're going to have some, yeah, we have some mix of classics and some mix of... Uh, of the new and the, the, new and and the, the old. Awesome. I said new and the classic, yeah. We're going to have quite a feminist angle on this one. Yeah? Yeah, based on a writer we... Uh, she was on one of the earlier episodes, but we're going to have some... Uh... That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to season three. Uh, that's still going to be... I mean, season... Two, well, I, I guess we count the mini-season, but then on PFT, it would be season four, really. Yeah. But anyway, the last season just ended, so we still got a few months to go. People yeah. can relax, go back, listen to that older yeah. stuff. The, S- the SCTV stuff. of jazz. Exactly. We'll get to it when we get to it. We got an email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe. Uh, halfway to 60, and it's the beginning of June, so I'm on pace with my 10 movies a month. Oh, I'll talk about the Crespo Hundo, watching 100 movies in a year. Yep. Watched Krispy Kreme's Power Rangers, excuse me, Sabin's Power Rangers, I mean. Power Rangers. A bit pretentious, don't you think? It was only 
It was okay for a Modern Rangers. I got gripes, but for kids who have never heard of it, entertaining mm-hmm. enough. Okay. Minus the shameful advertising. Oh. Listened back to the bonus episode, and I got an open letter to the studios. Uh-oh. Dear studios, give me a chance to see the movie before you announce a sequel. When you announce production of a sequel, there's literally no tension when I watch. Oh, uh, sure. Deus Ex Machina everywhere, and that's not fun. Endgame slash Spider-Man slash Black Panther, Batman, John Wick. Be better. Question inspired by my Facebook nerd group. Are there any individual Marvel series better than the Dark Knight series? Head-to-head solar character films. I think there's an argument to be had for Iron Man, but that's it. Mm. My Marvel faves are Iron Man 1 and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I'll give Homecoming an honorable mention until I can watch it again later. I also love Guardians, but I don't think that counts. Interesting. Is there any Marvel stuff better than the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan? No. I would say no. And you want to know why? Why? Because the Dark Knight trilogy was made by Christopher Nolan. Aha! And Christopher Nolan has yet to make a Marvel movie. Aha! And until that happens... What Marvel movie would Christopher Nolan make? Exactly. Which one would he make? Uh, Namor? Yeah, I mean, he could make whatever he wants right, as far as I'm Namor concerned. Movie? How about, how about uh, Havoc? The guy with the thing on his head. Who was, in, uh, he was in First well, Class? Part of the X-Men franchise. He was in one of the movies. He was in First Class and the second one. But then he was in the last two. No. So let's do a Havoc movie. What if... Uh, that's he, just the story of Scott Summers' older brother. Nobody gives a fuck. What if they did the Gambit movie? No. No one should do that movie. That movie should yeah, not yeah, ever he exist. He the Gambit movie. Yeah, he should do it, Drew. Yeah, we got another email from Gabe. Gabe. Silver Surfer? Yeah! I'm into that. That'd be fun. So we're sort of Galactus buddy comedy. We're going through the universe looking for the next planet to eat. And they'll call it Norrinrad. You know, that would be... Because that's his real that's name. His name yeah. I recommend watching a Mobius documentary. The guy who... Yeah, yeah, Mobius. He, yeah. he drew... Gerard... Uh, what's his name? Gerard something? Is yeah, it, does he even say it on here? Nah, I'm not going to look at what his name is. Uh, what, do you know the name of the documentary? It's Bon Mobius. I think it's called Mobius. Oh, it's a documentary called but Mobius. But it has oh, the Silver funny. Surfer stuff in there, and the soundtrack's really dope, too. It's yeah? A, yeah, if you like the music in Jodorowsky's Doom. Yeah, 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 like yeah absolutely. One. Yeah, 100%. Hey, guys, I'm going to have to... Uh, what time? You got a hard out, what, now? Yeah, I'm going to strap on my saddlebags and... Finish the email? How much you got left in the email? Uh, it's probably going to be a couple-minute email real quick. All right. Because it's just one email. We're going to pause right here. Kyle, yeah. thank you so one. much. Thank you for we having appreciate me. Thank it. you, everyone, sir. Everyone loves you. Uh, check out the major scale. Hit them up online. And then we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to finish the email and to finish the episode. Mm-hmm. And real quick, what was that quote I just made? Who was that from? Okay, I have to strap on my saddlebags. That's uh, obviously uh, Han Solo when he's getting ready to fly in the Millennium Falcon to one ring to Mordor to drop it into the, uh, the volcano. It was by Jeff Goldblum. In a strange science fiction film with a lot of New Jersey references. That's my bad, Jeff Goldblum. Impression. New Jersey references, not the fly. Is it the fly? No, no, no. Before that. Before the fly? No. Uh, uh, what was before the fly? The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, Buckaroo Banzai. With Robocop. Not a perfect movie, but so fun to watch. It's a Robocop reference. All right, Kyle, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back, everyone. Thank you so much. All right, that's not surprising. Kyle just just ran off. Boom, four o'clock. He's got to go. I was in the middle of my. He's uh, got shit to do. Yeah, I got to go. Got to go. Where are my cowboy boots? I got to go. So, uh, Gabe has an addendum to his open letter. 
that he sent. As I fired off an email at 4 a.m. this morning, I am listening to a podcast with the Russo brothers on Endgame. Yeah, they did a, uh, like a two-part uh, podcast. I think it's a slash film podcast. There's something to be said about the contemporary history the of the announcement of a movie and how we remember them later on. I thought the Russos made a mistake at the end of Infinity War. Leading up to the Infinity War, we knew about Black Panther and Spider-Man. Too successful to kill off in the larger story. If they wouldn't if they would kept them alive at the end, there would be more tension because we wouldn't know what other characters whom didn't have sequels would live. <laughs> but we knew they were coming back and it made financial sense and they had trailers to spoil the fun in between the Avengers mm. movies. Yep. But then I think about this movie like Terminator. Now, I've never seen the 80s Terminator because I was born in 87 and never cared to watch it. I don't know or remember how Judgment Day was teased, but I remember watching Judgment Day. One of the things I missed out on is the tension the audience has with, with Arnold. Apparently, he is the bad guy in the original, so in the second movie, you think you're in for more of the same, but that's a twist of the sequel, and I was too ignorant to know about how it was set up. That being said, I'm sure some unborn kid that binges these MCU movies 20 years from now will think the stories are perfect and sync storytelling, and have lived through the releases, we know where they were going and what they would do, and that sucks for me, I guess. Uh wow man that's a game just spilling it all out there for four us a, at four a.m. at four a.m. just uh, laying it out there talking about uh, growing up in the eighties skipping Terminator movies uh, coming to some harsh realizations about himself. Well, I mean, I would say, I mean, marketing has kind of gotten out of hand oh, for sometimes. Sure, for sure. And like his earlier point about announcing movies before. The well, no, exactly. And, and here's sequels. the thing with, with especially the Marvel franchise with them having so many characters at their disposal mm-hmm. and trying to tie them all together in a shared universe mm-hmm. and this, that, the other mm-hmm. with them coming out as fast as they do, you're liable to get something spoiled. I mean, if you haven't, if you missed out on Avengers Endgame, then Spider-Man trailer came out. Spider-Man trailer came out. Hey, guess what? Iron Man's fucking dead. Spoiler alert, Drew. <laughs> Iron Man's so dead. He's been dead. He's been dead so. as fuck. Yeah, it's um, weird, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's just gotta, the way it's gonna be. You gotta get completely off the internet, and even then, yeah. it may not be good enough. It may not be good enough if you want to stay uh, free of all the details like that. You just gotta bury your head in the sand like a fucking ostrich, or just accept it, get over it. And but I was like, you know what? They're just spoilers. I'll, Who cares? I'll just know the details going in ahead of time. My mom watching the movie at home. If she's into the movie and it's like getting her, the stress is getting to her, she will look up the ending online and then turn it off. No, oh, just so, just so she knows what's just coming. Just so she'll be like, okay, and she can feel better, and she can relax and then watch the movie and then enjoy the movie. My aunt, her sister, who reads books a lot, she loves to read. I mean, she's an English professor. Retired English professor, PhD. She, uh, as she reads the book, if she's like really into it, she wants to know, she'll just go to Yen, read the last couple pages, but go, oh, okay, get it. And then go back to her spot and continue reading. Interesting. I couldn't do that. Not me. No, it ruins it. I feel like it ruins it. You know? What a bummer. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, unfortunately, Kyle's not here, so he can't get his thoughts on this, but I have a very important movie news story. Drewster Cogburn, are you ready for this? Sure. Uh, Bradley Cooper has broken up with his uh, girlfriend, not yet wife, I think, whatever her name was, Arena something or other. Huh. He left his first wife to uh, hook up with a Russian model. Okay. They've been together for a few years. They've been very fast. 
Apparently, relationship was going south, but they had a baby. Okay. And maybe the baby was going to help make things happen, save it, but no. Never happens. It doesn't work that way. Um, and they were like, shit, we need to break up, but he was getting ready to do press for A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. So it's a bad time for him to break up. So he fought through all that. They made it happen. And uh, now it's over. She's moved out of the house. Okay. They're broken up. Bradley Cooper is free to get together with Lady Gaga. Am I supposed to care? Yes. The birth of the B Gaga is going to happen, Drew. The B Gaga? The La Coupe coupling is about to go down. Don't you understand how huge this is going to be? Well, I mean, they've been eye-fucking each other since they're, the start of that movie. Their chemistry is so palpable. When they stand next to each other, you can feel the sex you just can. oozing between. It's like when, uh, it's like, like uh, they've been fucking each two other. characters they, with the Phoenix Force are next to each other. They've been fucking each other in their minds long before they've actually they've been, been stri- They've each been other. striking vipers each other for a minute now. Now they're ready to do it for real. That's what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. They're ready to strike their vipers. Yeah, those vipers are getting struck. Those vipers are getting struck between the two of them in a very viperly, viperly, vipery way. She's still in the rebound from her her failed uh, uh, engagement, which uh, fell apart like two months before her wedding, uh, and it was like a two year engagement too. And then his little uh, little Russian model tryst here is over. So it's ready. It's ready to go down. I don't care. It's ready to that. Liquid hot magma sex of white hot white people sex is gonna happen. I don't care. It's gonna be so white. I don't care. And so uh, so greasy. A lot of lube. You ready? Don't care. You ready, Drew? Drew. I need you to start caring. In five, four, three, two. Care even less. God damn it. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um. All right. Well, there we go. That's the. Uh, that brings us to the end. Of episode 335 with Kyle Eagle. Oh, that's right. Thanks, Kyle. You're welcome, listeners. He ran off. I wonder if the, the listeners enjoy some Eats Ceviche in the first half of the show. And I, was like, I mean, he was a little ASMR there for you. Well, not too many listeners are bringing their lunch with Dinner them, in Good Conversation. You know, yeah. That was the. Oh, you can listen to Dinner in Good Conversation this week. Steve Itchy and I recorded an episode with Peter Von Saborski about eight months ago. So maybe we can hear um, all that outdated information. All our on-the-fly jokes, and then me crunching crackers directly into the microphone. It was a lot of fun. Good job. And also a lot of the sounds that, that like, like the those glasses, <laughs> uh, pouring wine, stuff like that, and uh, it reminded me of how I spilled um, steak juice on my shirt. That's mm-hmm. very embarrassing. Steak juice. Steak juices. Uh, good times. Good times. Cheers, Chicago. Chris Crespo. Thank you for being here, listeners. Listeners, you're welcome. You are welcome for us being here. You are welcome for us being here and for giving you this week's show. You better have enjoyed it because it was free. Uh, all right, we're out of here.
A PFT Media Production.